Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. When you're the son of famous actors and you want to carve out your own career in show business, you begin doing so knowing you have big shoes to fill. But that fact didn't deter Patrick Cassidy from following his creative dreams. Patrick, who is the son of Shirley Jones and the late Jack Cassidy, started out working in television and soon branched out to the Broadway stage. Over his nearly 40-year career, he has starred in musicals such as The Pirates of Penzance, Leader of the Pack, 42nd Street, and Aida, to name a few. These days, Patrick has taken on the role of artistic director for the Thousand Oaks-based theater company Five Star Theatricals. He said the opportunity to work behind the scenes helping others hone their craft has truly been a life-changing and eye-opening experience. He's here today to talk about that on Luann's Land podcast, as well as his early days in show business, how he was influenced by his parents, and a whole lot more. So let's go ahead and welcome him to the program. Hello, Patrick. How are you on this wonderful day? I am great. It is a wonderful day here in sunny California, and uh, I am doing wonderfully. Thank you. Oh, that's good. I was looking over your impressive resume, and wow, you've been in theater for a long, long time and have just done some amazing things. Yeah, I've I've often said that I literally came out when I was born, and it was like, smile, Patrick, smile. Uh, (laughs) It's been a, I've had an incredible, blessed, and so grateful for a career. Um, I've gotten to you know, be in New York many times on Broadway and on and national tours, and I've done so much television and film and in Vegas. I've really had, I've gotten to do, you know, the, the whole array of performing, and uh, and that is a blessing because so many so many people don't get that chance that that want to be performers, and and it's been my life. You know, it's been my life and my career, and I'm very very grateful for it. So, in recent years, you've been doing a lot of theater, but. Your early career involved roles in films and TV, correct? The first 35 years of my career, 30 years of my career, was only film. I mean, not only film. I, I had a, a very interesting career in that I, my first big job was the lead in the Pirates of Penzance on Broadway opposite Kevin Klein, And, and, um, and at, from there, it sort of established me as a New York actor. I was 18 years old. But I lived in California, uh, and I, you know, and so I'd go back to California. I'd get a pilot or a series or a guest spot or a movie, and then if let's say a pilot didn't sell for television, uh, then you know the uh, television market would sort of go, okay, we're not interested right now. Then I'd go back to New York and do a show, or I'd go on the road and do a show, and then I'd come back and do, you know, something in television. So I've been blessed in that I had this bi-coastal film in Los Angeles, television in Los Angeles, and theater in New York, and theater on the road. 
um, it was a dream, actually a dream, um, because I got to, you know, live on both coasts for significant amounts of time. But my home, uh, where I was born and raised, was California. So do you prefer the stage to the TV and film, or...? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who's had the opportunity to perform on the stage knows that it's really more of an actor's medium. Whereas television, you're dependent on the director and the editor putting your performance together on the stage. You know, once the rehearsal process is over, you drive the ship. You go from beginning to middle to end every single uh, performance. So it, I, I, and I find, and you, of course, the immediate response, you know, there's a wonderful thing when you hear an audience applaud for you or laugh for you and, um, and you can't beat that as, as a performer. Yeah, and you really do have to sort of lay it all out there when you're on stage like that. You, there's there's nowhere to hide, so to speak. No, I've often said, and you know, the schedule is eight shows a week, you know, which is demanding. Two shows on a Saturday, two shows on a Sunday. But I've often said that, you know, if you didn't get it right one night, guess what? You got the very next performance to uh, to fix it. So, and the audience will tell you. I mean, that's the great thing is that because you're in front of a live audience, you learn from the audience and their reaction, what works, what doesn't work, what laughs, you know, all of that. So um, it's a craft working on the stage. I've always said that. And as a t I teach now too and direct and I, and I try to pass that on to, to students and to other actors that it's really a craft. It's a craft in terms of knowing how to use your body and knowing how to use your voice and knowing how to play an audience. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful craft, but it is a craft and it takes time and effort and a lot of work to, I think, become very skilled at it. Yeah, I bet some people might just think because of your background and your parents that this has all been really easy for you. Well, you know, it's interesting about that. When I first broke into the business, yeah, there were agents that wanted to represent me and managers and, you know, just because my last name was my last name. But if you remember at the end of the day, it's a catch 22 because you have that last name. Now you're being judged a little harsher. Hmm, really show me, you know, it's that kind of thing you, you come from. And then of course to sustain in the business, nobody else is up there or on the camera, but me. So if I didn't have, you know, the goods, I don't think I would have had any um, sustainability whatsoever. Um, and, uh, and I've been doing this for 40 years, you know, so I, again, blessed beyond blessed yes and i don't really think that some casting agent is going to put somebody in their film or their play or whatever that stinks really oh no, and, and and there's been a you know there's been a million examples of brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of famous people that they went nowhere you know i mean it you know yes you might get a foot in the door because you happen to have a a father or a mother or a brother that's very famous. But again, and then it's like, okay, now do, you know, show me, prove yourself. And again, people are looking at you with a, you know, with pretty skeptical eye because they're expecting a lot from you because you come from a famous background, you know? Right. So were your parents all for you doing this? My mother and my father, but my mother more because she was sort of the foundation in our lives did everything she could to keep myself and my brothers out of this business. <laughs> she, uh, she said, you know, she said, she said it was fine if we wanted to pursue it, but to have something to fall back on, which is what I've tried to pass on to both my sons because performing 
you can be the best actor, the best singer, the best dancer, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to work because there's such an array of other things that come into play to getting a job. Whereas if you're the best carpenter or the best lawyer or the best construction worker, you're going to work. It's not, it's, it's based on the skill and, and you can also, you know, develop an incredible resume over a long period of time and a long uh, illustrious career. And then you're only as good as your last audition. You know, it's that kind of business. And, and, and that's why people that are, are blessed to make a living at it um, are really an anomaly because so few can, you know? Um, so as you've heard, you know, so many actors have to take two and, and three different jobs to support their acting career. And um, so, like I said, having had 40 years of getting to do it, um, I am, I am just, I, I, I'm sometimes overwhelmed with, with gratitude about it because I, I've gotten to do my whole career. I never had to take another job. That's really awesome. And I think too, as you grow older in the business, it's harder as well because suddenly there's not as many parts for somebody in their fifties or sixties. Yeah. At 47 years old, the phone stopped ringing as much. And then uh, subsequently each year that went by, it's, it rang less and less, but it was an incredible, it was a difficult time for me because I had not gone to college and had that, you know, that degree to fall back on, which I've tried to convey to both my kids. And, um, but what it did was it forced me out of my comfort zone, forced me out of my box. And, and what I realized was I, want, I really wanted to teach. I had coached both of my children in sports growing up, uh, loved working with them, loved working with kids, loved it. So I started with a little musical theater class. Well, that grew, and I fell in love with teaching. And then that grew to uh, teaching and directing at colleges, and I fell in love with directing. And then that grew to uh, being in Las Vegas at the Wynn Hotel, and I was the resident director there for a big sort of Broadway uh, show-stopping uh, musical called Showstoppers. Um, and, and now I find myself in the position of artistic director for a theater company where I live at a huge venue called the Civic Arts Plaza in Thousand Oaks. And I'm the artistic director for a company called Five Star Theatricals. And we put on gigantic musicals. We just did Beauty and the Beast with Susan Egan, who was the original Belle on Broadway. And we're getting ready to go into rehearsals uh, with Shrek, the musical. And uh, I saw 700 actors who auditioned for me for casting. And there's something so much more rewarding in it than being an actor. Because as an actor, you worry about you. You give up yourself and you make people happy and you bring them joy. But as a teacher and as a director, it's about them. And your concern is somebody else. It's not you. It's passing on your knowledge, passing on your experience. Uh, to other people and watching them flourish. I think the most wonderful thing about this journey that we're on is as you go down the road, you keep not only discovering things about yourself, but new ways to express the gifts and the talents that you've been given that maybe you didn't think of before. Oh, no question. Like I said, I was, I was you know, in a box. Um, I was, and as an actor, you know, you're told where to go. And I came from the old school today. Actors have to do everything. They have to be their own press agent, their own agent, their own, um, you know, uh, social media person. They have to literally sell themselves in every single way. But when I came up, you know, you waited for your agent to call you with an audition. Boom, you went. It's a totally different world now. Um, but 
and that's and and with that at least the way i was groomed there's a sense there's a there's a it's you can procrastinate you can be lazy and so when i was forced at a, at an older age to really examine my life and figure out another way one to subsidize my income but two to grow as a person i found it through teaching and i found it through directing and producing and now i'm uh, like I said, running a company. So I'm actually seeing a completely other view of the business, the administration side, the managerial side, dealing with unions, dealing with vendors, um, casting, um, and being the boss, which is a very rare thing for an actor to be. Well, I have to give kudos to you for that because I know a lot of creative type people and most of them, are just that, and they don't want to ha have anything to do with the administration part of it. You know, I, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, I'm not so sure I did either when I walked into this job. Uh, but what, what I will say is, I go to work every day. I have an office, I have a staff. If I had ever thought that Patrick Cassidy would say, oh, I'm going to the office, and it wasn't a line of dialogue from like CSI or, you know, Law and Order or whatever. Uh, it's funny to me, it makes me laugh, but you know, I have an office and a staff, and and I, and I go over budgets and I, you know, I cast shows and I put together production teams and I deal with unions, my union. I mean, I've dealt, you know, I've been a member of Actors Equity for 40 years and now I'm dealing with them from the other side of the table as a producer. And it's, uh, and it's a learning curve. Every day I'm overwhelmed or every day I'm, I might be a little stressed or pressed. And yet every day I walk away at the end of the day going, wow, I gained another piece of knowledge, another nugget of understanding my business. Um, and I'm grateful, very. It just shows you how when you remain true to your path that everything that's supposed to happen just sort of happens. Totally. I, I am I'm a huge believer in, you know, we are where we are at that moment in our lives and we would be nowhere else. That is where God has put us, and and we and I'm in acceptance of that every day, sometimes every hour. I um, I have had many moments in my life where I went, oh, this makes absolute sense. I was put here because I'm meant to be here, and uh, I'm feeling that way professionally right now for sure. Yeah, I was with a friend last week at lunch, and I was telling her in my own life how all roads for me have led to music and journalism. And it seems like every opportunity that I've gotten in both of those ways, I didn't, I didn't go after. They, they sort of chased after me. And she said to me, you know why you get these things is because you don't resist it. And I said, it's true. I, I sort of show up every day in anticipation of what will unfold, and I just go with it when I see the signals and it sounds like that's what you do too. Oh, completely. You know, and I have to say this particular job where this last seven years, you know, as a, as an actor or as a teacher and as a director producer, where it's taken me, I'm, I'm prouder of this than I am my resume um, in terms of being a performer for 40 years, because this is something that no other member of my family ever did. This is something that I literally, you know, I, I, I earned by, by working and starting at a very low level and building my skills up and building a curriculum up. And, and to then garner this type of position is something that, you know, every other performer in my family never got to do. Now, my brother Sean, 
is was very fortunate because when his acting career sort of dried up in like in his early 30s, he taught himself how to be a writer, and he's been an incredible, successful executive producer, writer in television, and that is something that he did on his own. You know, after having a very successful performing career in his 20s. So yeah, I, I am prouder of this achievement than anything I ever did as an actor. Anything. Well, there is something very rewarding about giving of yourself to others in the way that you're doing. Oh, totally. And I don't know if it's, you know, I've often thought, is it my age? And I, and I, and I actually, I think about that and I go, no, I think I would have felt this way at 20. You know, there's something so much more gratifying about passing on something that you've learned, either intellectually or physically or inspirationally, and then watching somebody literally achieve something that they want as opposed to, oh, I want. They, it's that they wanted this. You gave them something, a skill set or an idea, um, and they literally, it made them, you know, get to a point in their careers or get to a point um, in a performance or what, where they, it really was rewarding to them. And I find that more gratifying. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I don't like performing and I didn't like getting applause from an audience if I sang a song well or if I, you know, if, if, I, if I cracked a joke and got a laugh. I, that's rewarding, but it's nowhere near as rewarding as being of service to somebody else. I totally agree with that. And I've had that same experience in my life. So I'm, I'm getting what you say about that. When you can be behind the scenes and sort of driving things and helping other people along their road, there's nothing like that. You know, we know what teachers uh, in our country get paid, which is so low compared to what they do. In not only in, in, in educating, uh, you know, children and educating um, our country, but, you know, it's far more than that. They're mentors. They're examples of, you know, of, of people that, ch that kids look up to and, for, and are forever, you know, in their lives. I mean, I have so many of those mentors, acting teachers and singing teachers and coaches because I was an athlete and that, that made such a significant difference on me in terms of my formidable years growing up um, that have created who I am today. So to be one of those people now and watching a young performer, you know, that you know you've had that effect, that there's nothing more rewarding than that. There just isn't. And as I said, I don't think it's just because of my age. No, I think that's just the truth. Yeah. Yep. I agree. You're also now, in addition to the stage work that you're doing and the directing you're also doing some shows where you're singing yeah i mean i i mean i always will be a performer you know uh, now because of the job i don't have a lot of time to do it but i recently did uh, i created a show wrote a show called just another family tree which is an autobiographical musical about my 40 years as a performer on the stage in the theater on television and growing up in a family where every single person around our dinner table was in show business. And yet we're a family, just like every other family with family dysfunctions and family tragedies and family celebrations. Uh, and it was a, something that I put together. It's about my life and it, it's done through songs and stories and anecdotes. And it's, um, and I got to do that and I'm going to plan to based on my schedule, if it permits to do it at different, you know, places across the country. And, I, um, I'll tell you, one of the things when I got this job, when I was getting, taking meetings with the board, was I said, my dream was to build an acting academy up where I live, where I could 
take, again, my, my skills and my, my experience and give it to young people and to have my own, you know, school type thing that, and, and this job has given me that because this job hires a lot of non-performer, uh, non-union performers, and yet we hire equity performers as well, and a lot of kids. And just like kids take ballet from the time they're young to become, you know, a soloist, hopefully in a ballet company, this is a way of training kids to, to really become good at musical theater so they can audition when they're, you know, becoming um, freshmen in college for places like Carnegie Mellon in Michigan and these top uh, theater schools and a chance to, you know, possibly go on to New York. So I've built an academy, an education program uh, with a, a partner of mine, uh, and it's, uh, it's called Five Star Acting Academy, and it's, a, it's an academy to groom young musical theater performers. Um, and I'm so proud of it, so proud of it. So, and that is taking off. You know, we started off with 40 students and had to add another day, and it's just beginning, so. It's great to hear that so many young people are interested in theater. Yeah, you know, it, it's a, you know, I think a lot, of, I think television had so much to do with that. Um, when Glee happened, you know, where you could reach a mass, you know, population about musicals and of course movies that have come out and, and, and uh, so the musical movie and the musical television show is very prominent, which have then, of course, then, you know, gives license to people going to the theater and seeing it live. And of course, the incredible success of Hamilton, which has brought in a whole new generation of theater people into the theater. Uh, you know, there is nothing and there never will be like live performance, nothing. And they can do everything they can to, you know, production it up and add bells and whistles and add, you know, you know, screens and stuff like that. But again, at the end of the day, somebody on a stage being live, there's nothing better than watching that. So um, it, hopefully it'll be around forever. <laughs> For a while there, it seemed like it was really dying out. So I'm glad that it's had a resurgence because you're right. There is really nothing like it. And it's expensive. You know, you're talking about an expensive art form. Uh, it's expensive to do it, to put it on. I know that now, being on the other side of the table, putting on musicals uh, and such. But it's also expensive to go to the theater, <clears throat> to bring your whole family, you know. And that's why it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an art form that, that has died. And it's hard. Look, I'm at a theater company, and we are literally, you know, I'm constantly looking to do fundraising, constantly looking for donors, people to support it. We, and yet in the community that I live, it is the, we are the quintessential Broadway-esque company. We do, you know, full orchestra. Where else can you go to the theater and, and hear a 20-piece orchestra or have, you know, sets that come from New York or, or national tours and, or hire Broadway caliber performers that have their equity card? And, and I want to build that. But it's hard because the economics of it are very difficult. I think maybe that the more people do this, though, that it'll, it'll start maybe turning and, and become more affordable in different ways. I mean, I kind of see that the future could, could be really bright for, for live entertainment in this, in this way. I hope so. I mean, I think, you know, again, with, you know, with so much Internet and, you know, um, immediate accessibility to entertainment, it, it makes it harder to have people come, you know, drive somewhere, buy a ticket that's pricey, sit for two hours and be entertained because they can get that right in their house or on their computer. It's that immediate response, that immediate, 
you know, reaction to be. So you have to. So in, in terms of doing it live and doing it theatrically and still making it entertaining, that's the difficult task. And that's what I think, you know, new creative people are trying to do. Um, uh, but but I think always there will be the very artistic, you know, uh, prestigious piece of theater that is still, um, you know, not old school, but traditional, uh, as well as, you know, the Cirque du Soleil, huge production, gymnastics, water sets, and all that stuff that, that, that is, is what people love to yeah, everybody sort of wants to be dazzled beyond belief anymore because that's what we've gotten used to. So. That's right. Um, but again, you, I, you, you know, take me to an, a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical that's put together well, and I'm in heaven. Hearing g- gorgeous melodies, you know, watching gigantic dance numbers and beautiful sets and costumes and real, you know, talented performers doing it. Um, that again, I, you know, I, you, I could never get away from that. And I think that will always stay to a degree, always find new ways of inventing it and, and, um, and, and presenting it. But, uh, I'll always, that will always be a part of what I want to go see. Well, great art is timeless, honestly. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> you it's just a matter of exposing it now to, enough people to keep the interest going, I think. And like I said, finding new and innovative ways to present it. You know, I think that's, I think that's the key. And that's, what's tricky is how do we now present this to a younger audience who has been raised on immediate reaction and has been raised on, you know, I I want it right this second. I want to be that, you know, so you have, it's finding that new way of getting younger people into the theater and interested in the theater and, and care about the theater and the history of the theater. Um, and I think that's, that's forever going to be, you know, the producer's mission is to figure out, okay, now how can we introduce young folks to the theater and get them interested and excited about it? Where are the modern day Rogers and Hammersteins out there? <laughs> that's right. Well, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is pretty great. And, and I think, and I think there's a slew of them. I mean, they're, you know, you know, it's the, 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 the game has changed in regards to musicals and writers and, and it's really evolved. And, and you can look at the evolving from Rogers and Hammerstein to Stephen Sondheim to Lynn Manuel Miranda, but they all learned from each other and, and just kept evolving. Well, too, and I think back in the day when theater first started to really get big, even if something came out on Broadway and it didn't get great reviews at first, there was still an opportunity for it to fly. It's harder. It's, it's definitely harder. Well, it is a different world, but again, I just congratulate you for everything that you're doing with theater. This is exciting, and I'm sure it's going to keep growing because, like we've been saying, it's so needed. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it very much, and like I said, I'm, I, it is my quest to bring theater to my community and to bring it to as many people as I can because it's been so good to me over the years. Well, all of this is so awesome. And Patrick, I can't thank you enough for coming on to the show today. And I certainly wish you all the best in your endeavors. Thank you. Listen to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 1230 p.m. Pacific at com or com. 
Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.